You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 89 of the Hot Take Hotbox. Thank you, as always, for joining me. My name is Matt McSweeney. We are here on one of the best days of the year, ladies and gentlemen. It is the first day of the NFL season, Thursday Night Football. Bills, Rams, leading it off which with a potential Super Bowl preview or appetizer because these two teams very well could be playing again against each other in February. We got Eagles, obviously, leading off against the Lions this week. We got Phillies still in the hunt for the playoffs. Things have turned up a little bit since the last time I spoke to you, although it didn't go well in San Francisco, to say the least, getting swept out in the West Coast, winning one of their six games that they played in Arizona and San Francisco. They have come home to a series with the Miami Marlins where they have won both games by one run. And now have a four-game lead over the Brewers for the third and final wildcard spot in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Also worth mentioning that they're tied with the San Diego Padres for the second spot. So they are right there in the thick of it, in the hunt. The Braves have run down the Mets, who have kind of done what the Mets do, which is relinquish large leads in divisions. But I truthfully can't sit here and tell you that this is 100% their fault. The Braves are playing incredible baseball right now. They're hitting the shit out of the ball, and they have absolutely run down the Mets, who are 87-51. They are not exactly slouches or, you know, like they haven't, they're not completely collapsing, but the Braves have just continued to hit the ball. They're getting great pitching from a wealth of different people, including one of my favorite pitchers, Spencer Strider. It's just, uh, you know, I did not think anyone was going to catch the Mets at a certain point in this season. They were 6-7. They were multiple games up, uh, multiple series up in the division. You had Mets broadcasters and postgame guys calling the division over in June and May had they not learned their lesson. I even was at a certain point saying, wow, like, I mean, I I told you the Phillies weren't going to catch them. I didn't think anyone was going to catch them at a certain point. But it is now a half-game situation. There's plenty of baseball left to be played. So that is very much up in the air. So we will see who is going to be that last uh, wild card slot for the National League. Right now, obviously, it's the Braves, but it could be either the Braves or the Mets. If the season ended today, as as it says here on a couple of different websites, we are the third slot. I think, truthfully, the best case scenario is to end up in that third slot where you play the Cardinals as opposed to having to play the Braves in Atlanta or the Mets in New York. I think the Cardinals, we match up well enough with them. They are obviously not a bad baseball team by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think the Phillies match up better with the Cardinals than they do the Mets or Braves. Obviously, I truthfully don't want to see the Mets because, as I have said and stated, it just seems like the Mets have the Phillies number. They are their daddy at this point. And, of course, things playoffs are different. Things could go the other way, and things could change. But I'm not asking for that. If you want my choice or what I would prefer, I would prefer the Phillies play the Cardinals in that first round. 
But we shall see how it's going to play out. The Padres are very wishy-washy, untrustworthy. And the Phillies have their own set of problems. Uh, Injuries, just not playing the sharpest of baseball at this moment. The injuries have obviously piled up with Castellanos going on the IL. You have Wheeler on the IL, but it seems like you're going to get some sort of relief or reinforcements coming back. Sir Anthony Dominguez as well, who is on the comeback trail. He's just left for Lehigh Valley for a rehab assignment, so that is good news. You have Zach Wheeler, and we'll get into all that. So first, let's talk about what has been going on with the team this last week. It has been big-time ugly out in Arizona and in San Francisco, especially San Francisco. I mean, Arizona was about as bad as it gets. Uh, That's what I thought. And then they went to San Francisco. They got completely worked over in those first two games in Arizona. Absolutely dominated. 25 runs in two games were not were, were in the first one were not was not in the second one whatsoever and then the third night on that Wednesday night they put up an 18 spot everyone in the starting lineup had multiple hits so at least at least two hits Schwarber two Hoskins three Bohm two Harper three Romuto two I mean Stubbs came into the game and had a hit. Segura had two, Veerling had two, Marsh had three, Edmundo Sosa, who's the hottest baseball player on the planet right now, he had two as well. You got RBIs from essentially everyone as well other than, no, everyone. Everyone on the team had an RBI other than Maton, who had one at bat, who was kind of a defensive replacement uh, towards the end of the game. So just everyone had a hand in this victory you had Bailey Falter who pitched well left with a groin issue but it doesn't seem to have affected him long term that was it was a nice bounce back win you would obviously wish that the Phils would have played better in those first couple games but uh, it was good to see that they had life and that they weren't they weren't completely dead I, I, I had the panic alarm open I was about to break the glass and hit it and I kind of held off for a couple more days, obviously, because it was not the end of the world. They that, that offense is still there. They and, and Castellanos didn't even play in this game. Like I, I named all them people, he did not play. So obviously, this oblique issue had kind of already reared its u- ugly head. So let's let's keep it moving though, because then they travel. They have a off night on Thursday, which probably wasn't a great night to have an off night when you're that hot. But they were traveling, and the next night. Friday night game on Apple TV, which, again, I will continue to sound like an old man and continue to just complain about I hate Apple TV games. It just makes life so much harder on a Friday night. You can't If you want to watch your Phillies, if you're a loyal, at, rabid Phillies fan, like I know a lot of you are, especially if you listen to this podcast, and you know I am, you can't even go out to a bar or anywhere to watch this game because they don't have it on the TV. So you're kind of forced, if you want to watch them, you have to stay home and load up your computer or if you have Xfinity or one of those things, you maybe have the apps on your TV, you have a smart TV, like there's just, it makes life more difficult than it usually is when you can just flip it on to NBC Sports or anything that you, whatever streaming service you use that you're accustomed to, kind of throws a wrench in what your usual plan is. Now, I know you people are sitting there and be like, oh, get over it, old man. What are you complaining about? Well, 
it's not as easy as it should be to watch a baseball game. I can't just go on my cable service and click the Apple TV app and load it up. I have to make an account. I have to uh, get new equipment because my cable box doesn't have the capability of loading up Apple TV. It's just all this nonsense that goes into watching a baseball game on a Friday night when it should not be that way, all right? There's my rant for this. Uh, I'm sure the Thursday night football game rant is going to continue as well. Um, it's not going to be able to be accessible on regular television. It's an a- Amazon Prime situation, so get used to having your laptops out to listen to Herbie and Al Michaels call the game every Thursday night for the entire season other than tonight, which will be obviously Al Michaels and Chris Collingsworth. Lombardi Trophy, it's a big night. Uh, I can't wait. But back to the Phils. Phils get, I mean, the the thing is, after all that rant, uh, it didn't really matter because I, I, I turned the game, I think I did eventually get it up on a stream of some sort, and we wound up turning it off after the first inning and watching something else because the Phillies were completely out of it by the third. It was 11 uh, nothing going into the third, going into the fourth inning, to the top of the fourth inning. Game was completely over. The Phillies didn't get a run, I don't think, until the ninth inning when Alec Bohm hit a single to score Nick Maton. They were not in this game at all. Horrible performance from uh, Kyle Gibson. Masterpiece from Alex Cobb. Uh, Phillies just showed, again, another game where they just have absolutely no life. Five hits throughout the whole game. And it's just, what what more can you say other than that? Ugly, 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 ugly game for the Phillies. Saturday was a seesaw affair, kind of a back-and-forth sort of situation. As soon as they were able to get the lead, they'd give it right back up, and they just weren't able to hit late in this game and get those runs that they get the run that they needed. And then on Sunday, their offense is essentially lifeless for a large portion of the game. I mean, Ranger Suarez, again, only gives you four innings. Ranger Suarez, when I talked about how we needed him to turn it around, and we needed him to be a big part of the holding the fort until Zach Wheeler got back. He has absolutely not been that. I mean, Syndergaard's kind of the same way. He went four and a third the day before. And then you're counting on your bullpen uh, much more than really you should be. You're getting, uh, you know, you're having to get Vinny Natoli out there and Nick Nelson, Sam Coonrod. You're, getting, you're having to go Robertson for two innings as opposed to the one inning when he had already thrown almost 30 pitches in that first inning. The Phillies get walked off on by Wilmer Flores in this game. They didn't have any runs until a JT Romuto three-run homer in the eighth inning. So they just kind of, again, another series that they slept walk, or another two days here, three days, they kind of slept walk through a lot of these games, and the offense was nowhere to be found. One, four, and three. That's not going to get it done when you're trying to win games. And even these couple games I'm going to talk about here with the Marlins, in these last five days since that 18-run outburst in Arizona, they've gone 1-4-3-3-4. They have not scored five runs since that night. That's not good, man. That really is a bad, bad situation. When you're coming down the stretch here to the most important games of the, of the season, hope obviously enough time where they can turn this around and, and make this into a positive situation, get these duds out of the way, and they're playing teams that are exactly not going to capitalize on them not performing well enough, like the, the, the Marlins who have only scored two and three the last two nights. But you're not going to get away with this all the time. 
especially when your starting pitching is not giving you what you necessarily need, especially not, not necessarily in these last two games, but especially in that Giants series, you're getting a good outing from Nola on Monday night, or I'm sorry, Tuesday night, and you're getting a good start yesterday from uh, Bailey Falter, you know, which anything five plus from Bailey Falter is a positive. And if those guys don't go deep into the game or even five, six innings, then you're taxing your bullpen night in and night out, and you're counting on guys like Bellotti, counting on the Natolis of the world to shut the door when you really should not be counting on them for high leverage or not even really high leverage just to, to consistently do their job night in and night out. But they have. So, you know, hats off. I'm, I'm happy about it. But I'm just saying you, you're, you're, it's a recipe for disaster to continue to hope that these guys do it every single night. Tuesday night was a walk-off situation. They walked JT Romuto to get to Gene Segura after Bryce Harper had led, not led off the inning, but was on second base with a double. Gene was rightfully so and obviously pissed that they had walked to get to him like he's some bum or some slouch. He went up with angry intentions, smoked one in the right field, basically tossed his bat into the stands, and then got to first base, spiked his helmet, and yelled, fuck you, to the uh, Marlins dugout. So that's the kind of energy we truly do need coming down the stretch. We need that fuck you sort of energy, and Gene Segura has been a huge re-addition into the lineup, especially with guys like Hoskins and Schwarber kind of coming back to earth. Uh, Romuto has kind of stayed consistent throughout this, and Bohm has somewhat come back to earth. He's still relatively consistent, but he's not the 300 uh, just dominating every single night. I'd like to see what is his average. 292. So he's still he's still up there. Maybe I'm being a little critical, but believe me, listen, there's no disrespect to him because every time he comes up to the plate, I am happy. I feel like something good is going to happen. It's not a negative at all. It just seems like the offense has been stale, and I'm looking for reasons to blame. I mean, Harper hasn't exactly been the MVP Bryce Harper that we have been counting on. I mean, he had five, he's had five strikeouts in these last two nights. And, yeah, you know, uh, listen, I, I'm not... And now he's kind of swinging and holding his left side, maybe dealing with some sort of oblique or some strain or something that you know he's not going to admit is going on. He's going to attempt to play through it. It's just, listen, I, I, no matter what, the Phillies just need to get their healthy... 100% lineup and pitching rotation to the playoffs so that they can compete at the highest level that they possibly can. You need Wheeler. You need Nola. You need Castellanos. You're going to need Harper. You're going to need all these guys I have gone through and named the Segoras, the Real Mutos, the Bohms, the Hoskins. You need every single one of them if you're going to be successful and win in the playoffs. So the main focus right now, and I think at this point in the season, I've gone through uh, all these games. The Phil's win yesterday, uh, 4-3, and it really wasn't uh, too exciting of a baseball game. But Edmundo Sosa, again, carrying them throughout the whole the whole team. Just carrying the team. He's carrying the team. It's pretty much what's going on here in this Miami series. The, like I said, though, these guys, at this point, they're four games up on what's going on here in the wild card I told you from the very beginning the Brewers were not going to be a real legitimate threat unless we let them become a legitimate threat. 
I believe the Phillies could probably back into a playoff spot at this point just due to the fact that their schedule is not that good. It is not something that is going to prohibit the Phillies from uh, being able to win games without some of their better players. I told you that, and I told you that the Brewers, again, trading Josh Hader and kind of quitting on the season was a signifier to their players that they didn't believe in their ability to make a run or be successful in this year's playoffs. So I think that that's going to translate into them, like it has kind of already, them losing games and throwing games away that they really shouldn't be losing. So the Brewers are 4-6 and six in their last 10 and have lost their last two games they're finishing up a series against San Francisco, and then they will uh, be home for a series against the Cincinnati Reds. So, really, we shouldn't even be worried about them or looking at them because the Phillies have a final game here against the Marlins. They have three games against the Nationals, and then they go to Miami to play the Marlins again. So, they can stack some wins here for real before they have to play the Braves, the Blue Jays, and the Braves. Uh, there's a Cubs series that is easily winnable out in Chicago. They have another national, a four-game national series, and then the Astros. So there is plenty of winnable games that the Phillies could, even if they don't really play well, back into this playoff spot. Uh, so far, you know, as so long as they don't completely disintegrate and implode and allow the Brewers to run them down, the Brewers will have to win some games on their own. And we just, like I just labeled, I don't know if they're really capable of that. So it will come down to us just getting healthy us figuring out what spot we're going to be in, who we're going to play in the first round. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any sort of tanking or rearranging to try and get that third spot. I really don't think that that's a smart thing to do. Or uh, I mean, I guess you could argue whether it's a smart thing to do, but I obviously would rather play the Cardinals. But it's really not something you see in baseball all that often, so I don't uh, necessarily expect it to happen. So... Castellanos, obviously, I talked about him being on the IL. Wheeler was playing catch recently, so that's huge. Coming off the forearm tightness. I already talked about Sir Anthony's going to Lehigh Valley for a rehab assignment. And even Eflin is throwing simulated games with a knee brace on. So you even might be able to get Eflin back to... I don't know if you're gonna, you're not going to be able to get uh, major innings out of him, like uh, starts where he's going six deep, but you can get him for you know extended relief appearances or even use him as an opener with a two-inning, three-inning, you know, maybe sort of situation, which kind of could become valuable, especially in a playoff situation where these games and these innings are going to stack up. You're going to need guys who can give you quality innings and, and outings and guys who can throw hard, because Eflin can definitely throw hard. I, I saw a Jim Salisbury article where he was throwing 94-95. If he is you know, getting ramped up and he's coming back and he knows he's a reliever, he might be able to expend a little bit more energy throwing 97-98 and his stuff is nasty. He's not worrying about having to go a full six innings. Eflin could be a huge a little addition, a surprise addition to a, you know, a, a pitching just sort of situate a bullpen, I will say, that could use some help that's getting taxed, like I kind of talked about already. So hopefully you'll get, and more importantly, Wheeler is the most important part of that. Dominguez is a close second. You get those two back. The sprinkles on top is Zach Eflin, and you know hopefully you'll get a Castellanos back before the playoffs. 
you don't see Bryce Harper going to the IL. You're just kind of hoping that the rest of these guys stay healthy and we can get into the playoffs with a somewhat healthy starting lineup. So we got, obviously, football. I'm going to save a lot of the pro football talk since I will not be able to release my partner, j has completely frauded on me for the last two days uh, of this recording of the college football and pro football pick'em podcast. Looks like I might have to eliminate him or replace him for this week because he has somewhat gotten cold feet after going four and nine or uh, I'm sorry five and nine I went four and nine and I'm standing in the pocket still I'm ready to bang I'm up against the ropes people are throwing body shots and I'm still standing there J-Pav's laying on the ground uh crying and asking for his mommy okay that's how we're built different that is how me and him are built different but we we shall see if he shows up if he doesn't cower away uh from this podcast and he just runs away from 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 the from the battlefield. We're on the front lines right now and J Pav is hiding in his little cubby somewhere else. So we got Eagles this weekend. I, I didn't want to go too deep into the Eagles. I I think they're gonna have their own their own day, their own hour, their own discussion, but I don't think the Eagles game this week is worthy of that much um hype and discussion. Listen, I guess hype isn't the right word. The NFL season is starting. It's week one it obviously deserves a certain amount of hype. But I think this game, obviously, specifically, it, the Eagles should take care of business. It is a little alarming. I would hammer them minus four. I, I don't see how the Lions... I know the Lions are going to be better this year, but I do not see how they are going to keep this game close, truthfully. Uh, I mean, four four looks nuts to me. Uh, that that is, So maybe that's Vegas telling you that they know something that we don't. I don't know though. I really just don't buy that. I don't. I think the Eagles are going to score at least twenty. I think they might get into the thirties. I just don't see the Lions how they made the strides, adjustments, whatever you want to call it. They lost forty-four to six last year. Are the Lions that much of a better team this year where they are going to close that gap significantly? I, I, listen, I'm not sure. I, obviously, I think the game's going to be closer, but four points is not a lot of points. It is in the NFL usually, and a lot of these games usually are close, but I don't know. Maybe it's the homer in me. I just don't see how this game stays that close. Uh, other than that, I don't really see a lot of things that I like a lot. I do like the Panthers minus one. I'll, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to talk about this at length on the uh, podcast, but I, I kind of have talked about before. I don't really like the NFL uh, gambling-wise. I think the Cowboys are in a good spot to upset the Buccaneers this week. I like the Chargers over the Raiders. I just don't know if it's going to be minus three and a half. I'm a big money line guy. You guys need to know that. I do not like betting uh, spreads, especially in pro football. I like, I'm like. i a big parlay of the money line sort of guy. I like the Dolphins. Uh, I even kind of like the Vikings. I like the Ravens. And, uh, I mean, I even like the Jaguars in an underdog spot. So there's a lot of different underdogs, I think, uh, are nice, nice opportunity to kind of capitalize and make some money off of. Seems like this is going to be a shorter podcast, but truthfully, just don't think the Eagles game is worthy of tr- too much discussion because I just... I've we've kind of laid it out already, you know. The this is going to come down to Jalen Hurts. We're going to see the strides that he has made. I think the Eagles are going to have no problem running the ball against the Lions. We're going to see how AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, how the offense works. 
the additions to the defense. We probably won't get to see a lot of Chauncey Garner-Johnson, seeing as they just traded for him. So uh, I'm curious. Uh, I'm, we're going to have a little bit more uh, long-form discussion on this, uh, hopefully tomorrow. And and I can't wait to break these games down and have more Eagles and more Philadelphia sports content in general to discuss because now the slow days of the dog, the, the, the dog days of summer are, are over, unfortunately. Labor Day has passed. The NFL is here. Baseball season is winding down. But now we're going to have football basketball hockey are right around the corner even though we don't talk about hockey we'd love to but we just why would we and it, it, it's all right here ladies and gentlemen we're gonna have things to talk about content for days and this is the hot take hot box ladies and gentlemen so thank you for joining me uh we'll be back tomorrow with a new episode of the shoulder strikes mma podcast where we preview ufc 279 Chemayev diaz lots of uh things to discuss i went positive last week on the podcast so Go and try and make some money off of it. We will have a college football podcast, a college football pick'em podcast. We'll also have some Eagles talk. So thank you for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow.